0: Welcome to ID Hub Talks. In this podcast, we're reporting from ECMID 2017 in Vienna, Austria. We're speaking to William Irving from the University of Nottingham, UK. William was talking at the conference about virological tools for hepatitis C and also speaking about his experience in clinical virology. So we took the chance to catch up with him and ask him a few questions. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your career to date?
1: My name is Will Irving and I'm a clinical virologist. I qualified in 1978, did a PhD in immunology and then decided to specialise in clinical virology. And I took up my post in Nottingham in 1990, I've been there ever since, and have developed a specific interest in viral hepatitis.
0: Could you just describe for us your current research focuses?
1: Yes, I uh, co-chair something called HCV Research UK, which is a multi-centre initiative to create a national cohort of um, around 12,000 patients with hepatitis C with an integrated clinical database and a biorepository. And we were funded to do this, to act as a resource that people could use to ask us for our data or ask us for clinical samples, to do research on a whole range of aspects of hepatitis C. And that we set up in 2012. Um, and we've had something approaching 80 different uh, requests for access to our materials. So in that sense it's been successful.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So that's occupied a lot of my time. (laughs) I have other bits of research going on relating to what happens to individuals once they're diagnosed with Hepatitis C. Because I work in a diagnostic lab I know who we are diagnosing hepatitis C positive and I also know that they don't all end up in clinic and being treated and I think we have to improve on and understand why um, patients once they're diagnosed don't end up treated and cured so I have some work going on in that direction.
0: Great, thank you. What do you think are the current issues um, facing diagnosis and management of viral hepatitis in primary care?
1: Well, there are a number of issues. I think firstly, uh, there has to be um, a suspicion on the part of the primary care team that they have in front of them a patient who has risk factors for hepatitis uh, and that therefore they need to do um, appropriate tests to prove it or exclude it. Um, So there are initiatives to try and educate in primary care and I have every respect for general practitioners who have to know everything under the sun about all diseases, Um, but there are initiatives to try and enhance awareness of hepatitis. Uh, And then for hepatitis C in particular, you're talking about a patient group. There are two difficulties with this patient group. Firstly, it's a disease primarily of people who have injected drugs in, in the UK. Um, now, if they're still injecting drugs, then they are uh, not an easy group to reach. Uh, they don't access healthcare in the same way as non-injectors. They have other issues that are perceived as more important to them than the fact that they've got hepatitis. So, there are, there's a whole series of issues around uh, identifying young people, relatively young, uh, who have hepatitis C who may be spreading it who need to be diagnosed and who need to be treated. Mm. And then, curiously, the, the second group is a completely different problem, which is all the injectors who acquired hepatitis C, and who many, many years ago stopped injecting, um, who now don't perceive themselves as injecting drug users. It's a part of their life that's over and done with. And therefore, they don't appreciate that they may be infected. They're, they're, they are sort of hidden because they've no reason to go to their GP to say, oh, I think I might have hepatitis C, could I have a test? Um, and the GPs, on the whole, you know, have you ever injected drugs? is not a question that GPs always ask. So that's a difficult group to access. So we reckon in the UK that we may have diagnosed slightly more than half the people we think have hepatitis C, which is to say that there's still several thousand people hmm. out there with hepatitis C they don't know it, and we don't know who they are. Mm. And although there's been an amazing development of new therapies for hepatitis C, yeah, which you can almost guarantee a curative you can't treat a patient unless you know who the patient is. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: So it's been fascinating because when I arrived in my current job in 1990, hepatitis C was identified in 1989. So I've gone on this journey over 25 or so years from a new virus being identified Mm. to a situation where we have very, very effective treatments.
0: Yeah.
1: And the emphasis has shifted from basic science understanding how the virus replicates, identifying drug targets, developing drugs, testing drugs. Very, very sophisticated and expensive science to do, but it's been fantastically successful. Mm. But the problem now is entirely a public health problem. Yeah. Which is, uh, how do you educate people that they should come forward for testing? How do you educate healthcare professionals that they should know who should be tested? Mm. And once you've tested them, making sure that, that Patients are appropriately managed. Mm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so
1: it's gone from basic science through to public health in,
0: yeah.
1: in my working life.
0: Well, which leads to my next question. Do you think translational research from bench to bedside is important in this field?
1: Well, it, absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's a classic example of uh, where the basic scientists identified the problem, the mm. virus, and characterized the virus. The pharmaceutical industry has then realised that there's a big market, so they've invested heavily in basic science, identifying viral targets successfully,
0: yeah.
1: uh, and are now reaping the, the rewards. Um, so the research has absolutely gone from um, what at the time, in 1990, was fantastically original science, through to very, very practical
0: patient benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it must have been incredible to sort of witness the whole journey.
1: It is. When the the new drugs were first being developed and first being reported, we didn't really know how they would impact on Mm. clinical care. But we're now talking, we've had access in the UK for a couple of years to these drugs, as to how can we eliminate hepatitis C, which would be... uh, another fantastic achievement. It yeah. won't, won't be easy, but it's it's on the horizon.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so what do you think are the next steps in your research? Uh,
1: I think the, the public health aspect to hepatitis C, the basic scientists can go away and um, investigate another virus. It, it really needs an understanding of... Um, how do you access the at-risk patients? Explain to them that they are at risk, that they do need testing. Test them. Then the person who's done the testing must understand the results, know what to do. There must be well-defined pathways so these patients can get into care. And I think the next change will be a move away from insisting that a diagnosed patient has to come into a big hospital um, to be treated, to moving everything else into the community. So there have been schemes in pharmacies where people can drop in and ask for a Hepatitis C test. I think that's the way forward to to make it easier for people to access a test. Yeah. Um, and then the next step after that will be to move all the treatment or treatment to most of the patients who who have uncomplicated infection. Mm out of hospital, into outreach clinics, into primary care, into drug treatment centres. Mm. I mean, people who have had the infection long enough that it seriously damaged their liver will still need specialised care. Yeah. But that's the tip of the iceberg. You can get rid of the whole of the base of the iceberg without really without a patient ever going into a hospital. Yeah. We need to um, it's a bit of a revolution in the way we think of caring for these patients mm. um, but we have to get away from the model of uh, everyone has to come see a specialist in a hospital too um, you don't have to be a specialist to diagnose and treat this infection yeah. you can do it in your primary care setting which is much easier for the patient
0: yeah absolutely yeah great thank you and finally yeah. what's been your highlight of ECMID so far <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well it's always a fantastic opportunity to hear a Nobel Prize winner, so mm. this morning I went to hear francoise barre give her perspective on how we're going to eradicate HIV. HIV is not a virus I've spent a lot of time working on, I, I work in a part of the country where unfortunately, um, you know HIV is a huge problem for us, so to hear her give an overview of the, again, exciting developments mm. which have come from, and are coming from, an understanding of the basic science of HIV yeah. to drug development to where we can maybe think of curing patients. Uh, we've been very lucky in Hepatitis C in that we've done that complete journey in 25 years. Mm-hmm. It's longer for HIV for all sorts of reasons, but um, she gave a fantastic overview that was, uh, I found very educational.
0: Great, thank you. Thank you for listening to this ID Hub Talks podcast from Infectious Diseases Hub. You can find more podcasts as well as news, interviews, and opinion pieces at www.idhub.com.